Well, thank you, Ken. Uh, we've seen a lot of palm branches being waved around this morning, and we know that the week that started with palm branches ended with the cross as Jesus came to Jerusalem. So Jerome is actually going to be in the foyer, I think, showing people how to turn palm leaves into crosses if they want to take part in that to help us to remember what we're doing this week. So as we've heard, we've heard the story of Stephen from the book of Acts, chapter 6 to 7. And this week we're continuing our series uh, on the book of Acts, which we've called Go with the Spirit. And thinking about what was it like for the early church, for the people, the first, you know, just time, first time just after Jesus died and rose again, to try and learn how to follow him. And the early church was in a season of change, a time when things were uncertain, and I think that's a time that we are familiar with at the moment. It's a time that uh, our particular our church is going through, and many other churches too. The early church uh, after Jesus, they didn't really know what they were doing, didn't really know where they were headed and what was going to come, and uh, I think that's something that we are familiar with uh, in 2021. And so during that time, as Ken has encouraged us. The church needed to learn how do we follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit? How do we actually live with his guidance and his um, power and his wisdom guiding us through? So we're thinking about that and applying it to our own lives today. Now, Christian life can be thought of as a sort of a journey with God. This is a metaphor that's often used. Uh, what does it mean to travel along your life uh, with God? And it's a metaphor that we often use. It helps us to explain the dynamics of our experience as we move through time with God, we don't just make a one-off decision and then things uh, they never change. We actually keep growing and learning as we go along. So it is important, it's helpful to think of our life as a journey with God. So, and what, the reason why that's helpful is for us and as a church is that journeys are a kind of a story which helps us to understand uh, what's going on and we can actually tell the story as Ken did about our life with God. So a journey is inherently... Uh, got a narrative about it. It's inherently interesting to us. We love actually movies that are journeys where someone goes on a quest from one place to another because a journey does have a story in it. It's like, where am I going? Where is it that I'm actually going? Am I journeying to Mount Doom to throw a ring inside it? Where am I going? I've got a destination. Are there obstacles on the way that are going to stop me from getting where I need to go? Is my car going to break down? Am I going to run across roving bands of orcs who want to stop me from getting where I'm going? It's a story. There's obstacles on the way in a journey. Do we get lost on the way? Some of us do get lost. Even with the most modern GPS technology, we manage to find ourselves in places we didn't want to go. A journey has... An, that, and that can be interesting too. And so we know that a journey is a story that has a lot of drama, and we even sing about these kinds of things, you know, the drama of, this, of the journey of life. You know, there ain't no mountain high enough that's going to stop me from getting to you. Nothing in my way. I'm going to climb every mountain, ford every stream until I find my dream. Yes, there's some Sound of Music fans here. That's the na <laughs> It's a story. It's a journey. It's got, in it's got interesting, um, interesting things in it. Okay, so the reason why I start with this description of, of journeys is that I believe that the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 6 to 7, is really a, a story about this journey of God with his people. Where they can end up, for better or worse, and the obstacles and the difficulties that God's people have had along the way. It, 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 Stephen addresses this question, where are God's people headed? How are they going to get there? 
and how can things go wrong on that journey. So we think we, we read, uh, as David showed us, from the trial of Stephen. So in the lead up to this story, we realise that Stephen is one of the leaders in the early church. He was one of the seven that we thought about last week, the men who were chosen to help administer the, the welfare of the early church, someone who was wise, someone who we hear was full of the Holy Spirit and full of grace. He was known for his powerful miracles and the signs that the Spirit did through him, through preaching about Jesus very boldly, and he found himself in a lot of controversy and argumentation with, early, uh, with the Jewish leaders of the time. And so it was for that reason that he was brought up on trial, as we read today. And he made this defence speech, yes, which we did skip over a lot of it, because it's very long. It's, in fact, the longest speech in the book of Acts where Stephen defends himself and defends Jesus to these people. It was obviously considered very significant by Luke, so we do get the whole thing and we get quite a a long uh, journey that Stephen takes us on. I'd encourage you to go back and look in your Bible and read the whole of Stephen's uh, speech because it's a very strong uh, narrative that he goes through. But throughout that speech and at the trial of Stephen, he has one main theme, I think, which is the story of the journey of the people of Israel, the people of God, throughout their history with him. So Stephen talks about how God's people have journeyed with him and the experiences that they've been through. So he talks about some of the highlights, some of the crisis points, some of the times of decision and change that God's people went through, the time of Abraham, who was called by God to follow him and to go out in faith, Moses, who received the law and led the people on a journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, King David the one anointed by God to lead his people. And for Stephen, this story shows several things. It shows, firstly, the utmost faithfulness of God to his people. Throughout this whole journey, he was with them, leading them and guiding them and caring for them. But it also shows the varied responses that God's people made to him as they went through their history together. They did face obstacles, like Pharaoh trying to stop them get away, but they also faced internal obstacles of their own resistance to God leading them. So in the time of Moses, the people uh, worshipped the golden calf and ended up in 40 years in the desert as they didn't listen to what God wanted them to do. But, as Stephen says, all along God was actually seeking to come and to live within his people and to call them to follow him, to journey with him, to become temples of the Holy Spirit so that the presence of God could be seen in the world. And so the point that Stephen is trying to make is that this journey is continuing to his very day. And it's actually come to another crisis point as God's people face a decision now. Because Jesus Christ, whom Stephen preaches, is the destination that God was leading his people towards. Jesus Christ is the destination that God was leading his people towards. And what he tells them is that on this journey, there are two, two, two responses that have been made to Jesus by God's people. There are those who have accepted Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So those are the apostles, the early church, the ones who are ready to receive what God is doing and to accept it into their lives. And they do face obstacles, they do face opposition, but they are going where God wants them to go. There are also those, on the other hand, who reject what God is doing, who reject Jesus, they resist the leading of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, he says, these people are the ones putting him on trial. They are not listening to what God is doing in their day. They are lost, like the Israelites wandering in the desert. And of course, they don't like to hear this, and this is what enrages 
them enough to have him killed and we read about him being stoned to death at the end of the reading. So as David mentioned to us, Stephen is the very first martyr in the history of the church. So he was the very first person to be killed for his faith in Jesus. And I believe that's why Stephen is given so much airtime in the book of Acts, why he gets the longest speech. Because Stephen isn't just telling people about Jesus, he's actually the living embodiment of the life of the church in this time and what they are supposed to be. He's telling the experience of what it means to follow Jesus and he shows it by the way that he lives. He is full of grace and full of the Holy Spirit. So Stephen is, yeah, he is, he is remembered as the first martyr for his faith. Now the word martyr just means in Greek the, to be a witness. A martyr is someone who witnesses to something. Now Ken gave us a witness this morning. Now not about him being killed for his faith fortunately but about what God was doing in his life and showing it through the way the things that happened to him. So a martyr is someone who is a witness to Jesus by demonstrating who Jesus is through their life and witnessing through their life and their words the reality of his presence. And, of course, that has often led to people being killed because it led to Jesus being killed. So a martyr comes to mean to us someone who dies for what they believe. So Stephen was a witness. Stephen was a martyr. And his witness contains several things. Firstly, of course, we've seen this inspired insight he had to the story of the people of God. He understood what the scriptures meant and how they pointed to Jesus, and he witnessed to that. He provided a clear defense of Jesus and who he is and who he was. He had signs of witness of the power that was working through him, the power of the Holy Spirit to do the miracles that he did. And he also demonstrated and witnessed that he was like Christ. His character was like him. He was close to him. He was willing to die as Jesus was and in the face of death trusted in God as Jesus did. And the glory of God was in him. He said his face was shining like the face of an angel. Because God was with him, he was a witness to Jesus. So Stephen is an example then of what it means to go with the Spirit, what it means to listen to what God has to say. He was filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit and also acutely aware of the heavenly presence of Jesus. So at the end of the trial, as he's about to be stoned to death, he looks into heaven, we see in verse 56, and says, I can see Jesus in heaven. He can see him with his own eyes. So Stephen brings out a particular point that he is showing and reminding people that at this point there is a clear decision to be made. What does it mean to respond to Jesus and what is God doing in the world? There are two paths now that people can take. They can resist God, they can resist the work of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus is doing, or they can accept it and go with him as Jesus, as uh, Stephen did. And so this story ends on this note and we, we see the introduction of Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul at the end here, and he was someone who faced that decision more, you know, in the most complex and poignant way as he chose what he was going to do in response to Jesus, and we see about that in a few weeks' time. So let's think about what this means for us, the resistance to God or acceptance of him. And I think this is what the story of Stephen shows us today. How do we respond to Jesus? How do we respond to what God's doing? Are we listening to where he is going and leading us? So the question is, where are we headed on our journey with God? Because all of us are on a journey with God, both individually and collectively. He is leading us somewhere. He is leading us into the kingdom. He is leading us into, the, into his presence. And he wants us to follow him and to go with him. So all of us are either going with that or going against it, either resisting it or accepting it. Sometimes uh, 
it depends on what day it is, of course, <laughs> whether we're doing it or not. I was interested, yeah, Ken's story is a great example of this. Do I pick up the Bible? Do I pick up the novel? It's a choice. He said, yes, I'll pick up the Bible. And look what happened. So it's important to us to think, well, what does it mean to resist or to accept the Holy Spirit? To resist the Holy Spirit, I believe, is to do exactly, or to do the opposite of what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do, either as a people or as individuals. So that's why the, the story of the people of Israel is so helpful for us, because they show us what it's like and what it means to resist the leading of the Holy Spirit and not to, do, not to follow God where he's going. So generally, they did the opposite of what God wanted them to do at any particular time. So... There was a time when he was very keen for them to pay attention to the law that he'd given them and to follow it and to do what he had asked them to do. To do justice, to, follow, to do the right thing. And what they did at the time was to ignore that and do whatever they wanted to do, to be slack, not to pay attention and to, and to go against it. But, however, there was a time in the time of Jesus when he was saying to them, don't pay attention so much to the rules and to the laws, actually pay attention to the grace of God working in the midst of you. Be free. The, God is welcoming people into his kingdom. The Gentiles, don't, don't say no to them. Listen to what I'm saying. This is the time of grace. And they said, no, we want to hold on to the law. It's the opposite of what they were supposed to be doing. When it's time to push forward, when God says, come in, go, go to the promised land, trust me, it's going to be okay, they held back and said, no, we're afraid. When he says, hold back, don't do the things that I don't want you to do, they push forward and they rush against it. Okay, so that's this, it's this resistance to what God is actually leading the people to do. That's that um, changing in response to anxiety about the future, actually avoiding things that, we get, that we're afraid of, like death, like being persecuted. Or not changing because we're attached to the past, not accepting the new thing that God is giving us. Okay, that's a resistance to the work of the Spirit. And so what Stephen is saying is you need to actually accept what God's doing now and, and where he's leading you. The Spirit is leading us forward into the kingdom and the experience of God's presence. It's a dynamic journey. It's not necessarily a fun one from time to time. Stephen didn't you know, have a great end to his journey. But it's where God's going. Because that's what it means to be the church. It's what it means to be God's people. You're actually following God where he wants you to go or you're actually going with him. He's, this is why Stephen reminds the people that the temple of God is not a building. The tabernacle of God is not somewhere that people come to worship. God's people are his temple. He, he is the place where they dwell. In verses 48 to 50, he reminds them, the, church, the, build, the people of God are not a building. He says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? God wants to dwell with the people who are walking with him. That's actually his temple. That's his church. That's his, that's his place. So we are the resting place of the Lord. And as we journey with him, we become closer to him. Even if that means going to places or going on a journey that's a bit dangerous or even lead to dying as, as Stephen did. It's still a witness to God's work in us. So uh, it's, all, it's important to think about our, accept, our attitude to this and where are we individually or as a church and to um, examine that in our hearts with God. How, a good question might be, you know, how stiff is my neck? In verse 51, he says, you stiff-necked people. 
he says to these people, you are stiff-necked. You, know, when you, you can't turn your head from, from one side to another to see where God wants you to go. You're just looking straight ahead. You are unwilling to change, inflexible. They need to be read, willing to listen to God and to change and follow the Spirit where he's going. And that's all of us. That's a challenge for all of us. How stiff is our neck? So I just will leave you with this question. Leave all of us with this question. Are we having a prompting from the Spirit today in this season about where we're being called to go in our journey with God? Where is God actually calling you to follow him and to go with him? Because that's where he's going to be. Where are we going to go? So let me pray as we reflect on that question today. We thank you, Lord, for this witness, this testimony that Stephen gave today, sharing with us what it means to go with the Holy Spirit. We pray that we would listen, as Stephen and the early church did, to where you're calling us to go, both in our own lives and in our life together as a church. Please make us willing to follow you wherever that might lead. We pray that you would loosen us, uh, loosen us up, open us up to your presence and help us to understand what it means to trust in you. So I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're coming now to our time of prayer, so Lauren's going to lead us. Thank you.